A Tale of Two Goats. Introduction. I wanted to title this article something quippy about Jesus being a goat, but the groan inside was overwhelming. Any curiosity sparked or attention grabbed would be overwhelmed by the cringy, youth-pastor-esque use of slang. And while calling Jesus a goat would in no way have been intended to make use of today's slang, that impression would be inescapable. And yet, here we are, talking about how Jesus is the true and better goat of the Day of Atonement, with puns inescapable. Turning to Leviticus. You may have noticed by now that with every other article we are making our way sequentially through the books of the Bible. Many Christians who set out to read the Bible in a year find Leviticus to be the first of several defining moments of difficulty. Leviticus is typically either the point at which someone says, well, I suppose reading most of the Bible is basically the same as reading all of the Bible, before jumping to another book, or it is where someone white-knuckles it with a commitment to reading every page of Scripture, whether it is helpful or not. Very rarely do people walk away from a first read-through, or attempted read-through, of the book of Leviticus, celebrating the riches found therein and the theological comfort of what is taught in the book. But we should be able to speak of such riches and comfort, at least eventually. Christ did say that all of the law was written about him, after all. I hope that this article will aid you in your handling and appreciation of the Levitical law. The Day of Atonement With that preamble out of the way, I must admit that I have chosen one of the easier passages in Leviticus when it comes to showing how Levitical texts are interesting and helpful. The Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, which you may have heard before without knowing what it meant, is found in Leviticus 16. This annual Sabbath of Sabbaths was and is a day of chief importance to the Jews, and is, appropriately, rich also in its Christological significance. There are several noteworthy details in the Day of Atonement that point profoundly to the person and work of Jesus. In order to understand how the ceremonial sacrifice reveals Christ, we must first understand its purpose in ancient Israel. This ceremony, which is straightforward if not a little bizarre, was the one occasion upon which the high priest could enter into the most holy place of the tabernacle or temple. This most holy place, which contained the Ark of the Covenant, among other things, was the location of God's presence in the temple. Leviticus 16.3 Following the preparations made by the high priest for himself, which included cleansing, dressing, and the making of sacrifices for his sin, that high priest would offer two goats to make atonement for the sins of the people. The first of the two goats, which was chosen by the casting of lots, would be offered as a sin offering. See Leviticus chapters 4 and 5 for descriptions of the sin offering. This goat was killed and its blood was sprinkled on and in front of the ark, the mercy seat. The second goat, which was for Azazel, we'll come back to Azazel in a moment, would have the sins of Israel imputed to it by means of the high priest placing his hands on the goat and then confessing Israel's sin over the goat. The second goat was then led away into the wilderness and abandoned, again to Azazel. In short, the high priest would offer a bull for himself and his family in the temple and the Holy of Holies. After this, the high priest would offer a goat as a sin offering for Israel, sprinkling its blood in the Holy of Holies. And finally, the high priest would place the sins of Israel on the second goat, which would be led out of the camp, away from God's dwelling and God's people. For Israel, the Day of Atonement was the day on which their sins were dealt with. 
more than the daily, weekly, and monthly sacrifices, this day was the definitive removal of sin for God's people. With the two goats, sin was both paid for and removed. With the two goats, we see, as Israel saw, the full addressing of sin. Sin is atoned for or dealt with by the penalty of that sin being paid and the stain of that sin being removed. I owe a great deal of gratitude to Michael Morales for his book, Who Shall Ascend the Mountain of the Lord? In this book, Morales describes how the Day of Atonement was a reversal and undoing of the consequences of sin in the camp of the ancient Israelites. Over the course of the year, as God dwelt in the midst of his people, their sin and its stain encroached on the Lord's perfectly holy presence. On the Day of Atonement, that sin was driven out of the Holy of Holies, out of the temple, and out of the camp entirely. The atoning sacrifices cleansed the most holy place of Israel's sin, verse 16, and then continued to drive that sin out as the second goat is sent into the wilderness. Sin, which has slowly filled Israel's camp, is driven out entirely. Atonement deals with sin, enabling the holy God to draw near to his people. A note on Azazel. Pretty much every English Bible will have a footnote about Azazel. These footnotes all say something about how the meaning of Azazel is unknown, which is fair. The broadest and most basic understanding, which is often listed in these footnotes, is scapegoat. Our phrase scapegoat does find its origin in the Day of Atonement, and our knowledge of what a scapegoat is in turn helps our understanding of the Day of Atonement, which includes one taking the blame on behalf of another. Many footnotes also mention that Azazel could refer to a demon. I think this reading is fascinating. I'm not sure how this connection came to be, but there is a character in the X-Men comics and movies who looks like a demon named Azazel. This cannot be pure coincidence. Some literary, theological, or mythological connection exists between Azazel and the demonic that gives credence to the footnote and the X-Men character. And this connection, I think, might enhance our understanding of this biblical scapegoat. The scapegoat of the Day of Atonement is abandoned in the wilderness. In the Bible, the wilderness is a place of trial and punishment, desolation and death, of exile. Israel's wilderness wandering is God's judgment. Christ's wilderness temptation is his associating himself with his people by sympathetically suffering as they did. It is into the untamed wilderness that Adam and Eve are cast after being removed from Eden. On the Day of Atonement, the sins of Israel are cast out of their midst, removed into desolation and death, into the exile of the evil and demonic. Atonement includes paying the punishment for sin, cleansing from sin, and the casting of sin into death. Jesus, Priest, and Goats and in many profound ways, which may now be evident, the Day of Atonement points forward to who Jesus would be and what he would do. Jesus is our true and great high priest. He is the perfection of both of the goats offered on the Day of Atonement. In his sermon, the author of Hebrews highlights all that Christ does as the true and great high priest. And as he does so, he uses every imperfection in the Old Testament system to reveal the perfection of Christ in his ministry. Hebrews 9, 11 and following speaks of Christ's final high priestly ministry. Jesus goes into the heavenly holy place and atones for the sins of his people. But Jesus does not appear every year like the priests of old, but instead once and for all. 
The high priestly ministry of Christ is perfect. He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, because he is interceding for those who draw near. Hebrews 7.25 Christ's sacrifice is perfect and final, because he, as high priest, offers himself. The blood of goats and bulls dealt with sin temporally and prophetically. Christ's blood purifies the conscience, the souls of those for whom it is shed. Christ, once for all, is the first goat, bleeding so that our sins would be dealt with in the eyes of God. God's wrath is satisfied, his justice is realized, because Christ died for his people as the perfect first goat. More than that, Christ has removed sin out of our midst, perfectly and finally as the greater second goat. He has removed sin so that God may dwell in us by his spirit. He has removed sin so that we might have access to the throne of grace to which we can draw near for mercy and grace in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 He has defeated sin and death, and in the last day, he will finally cast sin and death into hell, driving away forever the stain of sin from the people of God. Revelation 20.14 The Day of Atonement is a picture of the gospel. It is the ancient revelation and anticipatory rehearsal of the work of Jesus Christ, our great high priest. So go and read Leviticus and look for Jesus, who is promised of old in the law of God. And as you wade through the monotonous regulations of Leviticus, feel the weight of the law that Christ bore for you.